Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Michael Dean Show here on Podcast Juice. We are back again. Joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you? Blah. Long week. All right. All right. I hate people. Oh, damn. Uh, I was going to joke something there, but that might be crossing the line. I'm going to get the show canceled. Uh, (laughs) Keep going. Uh, Mr. Ampoo, sir, how are you? Living life to the fullest, except it's getting hot as hell. Give me back that 65 degree day. All right. All right. Also in the greater California, L.A. area, doesn't make any sense. Uh, Mr. Quentin, sir, how are you? I am great. I'm still enjoying those barbecued coconut Thai ribs I had yesterday. Amazing. Barbecue coconut Thai ribs. I've never heard of this before. You're missing out. That's that's just that's bougie talk. That's a day. <laughs> I just can't associate coconuts with barbecue ribs, but hey. Sounds good to me though. Really? <laughs> yeah. You don't put raisins in your potato salad, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The only pot- now see, y- y'all could call me on this, uh, uh, but I own it. The only potato salad I really like is German potato salad. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's right. Potato I said it. Mm. <laughs> you like that European because we be fucking up. I'm sorry. We, we be fucking we up. Be? The we, we, ain't we, put we, in that. we put family. mustard. We put mustard in the potato salad, celery. I don't need all uh, nah, I'm good. I'm I good. like to I like to state for a fact we are not a monolithic. <laughs> you, you may you basically you, you you're telling on your grandparents, but that's okay. Disrespect. Hey, I, my parents, my family's from North Carolina. They know some southern cooking. They love putting that mustard in the potato salad. Right. How was that good? I know some of the listeners are like, this explains a lot of his theories over the past shows. But anyway. Yeah, I don't give, you know. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What is German potato salad? Well. Other than the obvious, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It, it, it has a, um, it's basically the sliced potatoes that are, that are this is sliced my. Sliced potatoes. <clears throat> they're, they're like sliced up in like uh, potato chip style. Mm-hmm. The potatoes are sliced and they're, 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 they're still kind of, um. I don't know if they're boiled. Like, I don't know, man. They're, they're sliced wow. and they put. They're in a in a in a sauce that tends to be a little bit more sweeter. Mm. Is there a lot of mayo in it? None. <laughs> There's no mayo at all. I you go from it's obvious to you don't know. So which is it, man? No, I, I, it's obvious in that you said what is German potato salad? Obviously, it's potato salad is made in Germany. AKA <laughs> not by AKA is not by blacks. Let's move on. I gotta look this up. <laughs> All right. Well, we learn something every day. And his introduction, he explained to us German potato salad. Mr. Q Storm, sir, how are you? I just watched the last episode of Star Trek Discovery. Why? And that show has become garbage. Is this the new? Is this the new one? <laughs> Say what? Is this the new one that's out now? It's, well, this is the second season of it. This was episode uh, nine. And you're saying it's garbage. Wow. It had, this season has is slowly uh, devolving into garbage, trash. Yes, that is German potato salad. The listeners are. Like, huh? What are you talking about? Oh, that. So you have shared a picture. Oh man, we maybe we'll title the show German potato salad because yeah, because that's foul. Q Q Q Q. You ever see the movie Drop Squad? <laughs> so you're saying that I, as a black man, I, I'm not allowed to like potato salad? No, not, not that one. German potato salad? Not that one. 
Are those the Thai barbecue ribs? I'm down. I'm yes, down. they are. Do I get my black card back because I like chips? No. Damn. <laughs> I'm not pulling no cards or nothing. I'm just that you know, you're not taking my car for sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right, all right, boy. We turn this into the cook. Uh, uh, Big sexy. Is this is this a part of the Michelin conversation? You know, I'm sure there are Michelin star restaurants that serve potato salad, but I'll have to take a look. All right. So that look like some hamburger shot. helper to me, but I mean, <laughs> what? Well, that's what Karen brought to the cookout. Sherman potato salad. All right, all right, my man. All right, let's get things started. I got a little something new uh, I wanted to try today, uh, and I don't want—I don't want to give t- you too much time to think on it. I kind of spoil it. So this is essentially uh, going to be called "Who Would Survive." You, sometimes you see these online. We say, "Well, one of them's got to go," type of thing. You know, they give you a choice. So I'm going to give you guys a choice of three, actually three entertainers. Let's start with entertainers. And this is your Thanos snap moment. But the, here's the other part of this. So these three entertainers I'm going to give you a choice to pick. You can only have one of them live. The other two are wiped from all reality. So there you go. Uh, so here we go. We'll start off. And the first person I'm going to start with is going to be big sexy and i'm only going to give you a few 30 seconds to like sort of give me an answer and then explain your answer after that so here we go who would survive between who would you pick to survive between prince stevie wonder or james brown big six <laughs> And dead air. James Brown. Say it again. James Brown. James Brown. Why would you pick James? Because James was the innovator. It all comes from James. No James, no Stevie, no Prince. All right. All right. Respect that. Uh, Aunt Pooh, who would you pick? Who, who survives and who just turns into dust? Well, Stevie's definitely out of here. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of hard between uh, James and uh, Prince. Got to go with Prince, though. And why would you pick Prince? I just think he's cooler and has a longer category and varying music that I can get with. And honestly, I think he's had more of a, I know I'm a catchy for this. He's had more of a cultural impact. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, I love it. Uh, Q Storm would say you. I like Big Sexy's answer, and I would. I was gonna go that route, but uh, I'm gonna go with Prince for more uh, quotidian reasons. I think I love Stevie, but I remember going to a Stevie concert, and it was like ah, I need some movement or something. I need I need performance. Prince can do that. You know, Prince can not only perform, sing. He can dance. He works the stage. Stevie can't do that. James, innovator, like Big Sexy said, but he doesn't have, I hate this, this is sacrilege. He innovated all the moves, but Prince expanded on them. So I feel like once you see James do his move, you've pretty much seen it all. Whereas with Prince, and plus that, that uh, the uh, Purple Rain concert, that that literally changed 
blew my head open and changed the course of my life. So uh, I got to go with Prince. All right, Quentin. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll have to go with the hometown hero, Prince. And for various reasons, you have versatility. You can get some rock. You can get some soul. If country's your thing, you can get country. Believe it or not, you can get some rap, too. <laughs> like, I expected that. Um, but Prince will cover every genre of music. And he's a one-man band. He's a one-stop shop. Why would you need the other two? Damn. Mm, wow. Wow. Okay. Well, my... I'm gonna. Act, I'm riding with Big Sexy all the way, uh, for a lot of the same reasons. I feel that without James, if you eliminated James or Stevie Wonder for that matter from Prince, we would not have the Prince that we have today. I think to me, Prince is based off of all of those guys, some uh, not so subtle ways and some very subtle ways. But uh, I just think a lot of Prince's whether it's stage presence, musical stylings, vocal stylings are all derivative, particularly of these guys, among others. And I think if you were to take that out, if they never existed, I don't actually think Prince would. I don't think he would be like you, you brought up the Purple Rain show, right? There is so much of James Brown and Prince's performance at that point. That's true. That That's I, true. I think he, I don't think that concert would have moved you if you would eliminate that from it. And I think the Stevie Wonder aspect of it, I don't think even those first few albums, to me, were obviously influenced heavily by Stevie Wonder's styles and the songwriting and all that type of stuff. I just, I don't know. I, I would be interesting. That I, it would make me wonder then who would Prince base himself off of all those years if he didn't have those signposts. Uh, even in the later years, it seems to go directly to James Brown's stylings. You know, with like the work and a lot of a lot of songs for that. <laughs> so <clears throat> I just think with James, he just again I think he did every he he had the look. He was the one the original guy with that type of look. You know, the fashion, the dancing. Uh, I think culturally, it doesn't get more impactful than I'm black and I'm proud, particularly for us. Like, and the power that he had over the culture. At, that, at his time, it was such a long time. You know, you think of the Thriller in Manila and all these just different things. Uh, some of the political associations he had. I, I think he was way more influential. And I just think his music, obviously, you, you eliminate him, you may eliminate a lot of early hip-hop. I think his music was way more influential across the board. Uh, and it's still classic. Um, so that that would I would pick James Brown as well, but hey, Mike. I you know not to not to fudge this, but I think if you I guess I assumed that in this fictional or fantasy question, all three people are kind of living in the same era. So like so did you, I. you know if you have James Prince and who was the other one uh, Stevie. Stevie. Mm -hmm. They can want two of them have to go away. That means they're all in existence at the same time. So they already have come to their zenith in their careers. You know what I'm saying? But well, no, that's why I said at the beginning, you're wiping the person away from existence, period. So they're not there at all. I mean, maybe I wasn't clear on that or something. So, but yeah, so no, they would they would not be. You never would have heard of them. They would have not even existed. Okay. 
Which again, that's why I said going. I think Big Sexy said earlier, if you take away James and you taking away a lot of Prince, like a lot of his stuff is you know derived from that. But I mean, I can still respect all those choices because uh, you know, these phenomenal guys. Um, any other comments you guys want to make? Them? Yeah, when I saw the Purple Rain concert, the one broadcast uh, from Syracuse, I believe, and they did Possessed, I thought it was a James Brown song. Hmm. I thought that for years. Yeah, my dad thought I was watching a, a James Brown concert when I saw the VHS. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, my uncle said similar things. Like, ain't nothing but stealing but James. That's the best part of the concert, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. What, what, what song yeah. did he do? He did Possessed in another song. Um, He's a little bitch. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 25, yeah. yeah. That blew my fucking head open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Stevie, at least I can say for myself, I was very young in his heyday, so I wasn't, you know, super attentive to it. Obviously, you hear all the songs, but I don't, I didn't catch as much as the impact as I can look at it now, and I could realize like, there's no denying that guy was a fucking powerhouse. Like, just you know, those albums back to back. And all those songs. I think sometimes we miss understanding a little bit of how significant that really is. Because there's not as much video. Uh, you know, there's not as enough in the media of his footage of that we see. You know what I mean? Like, it's just Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah, Stevie Wonder. We know who that is. But you don't, you don't, they don't have, like, the classic video performances or... You know what I mean? It's like a lot of that seems to be missing sometimes. It seems like... I mean, the fact that Stevie Wonder is still alive today, like... To me, he, is, he could crush most of anybody who came out in the last 30, 50 years. I mean, he's that dope. But it's just like, eh. I seem like, to me, he's almost underrated, which I, I, it probably sounds crazy to say that, but I don't think he gets the real prop, props. Like, he's, like we, we, I feel like we give, they give Prince more props than Stevie. No. I, feel, I can't do that. I, I'm not saying, I'm, I, but I'm saying in terms of like media and, and maybe probably because Prince comes later and there's a lot well, more Well, because stuff. there's more visual, too. That's, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, you know, but... Uh, it's Stevie but see, what, what Stevie did, and I don't think anyone else has ever done this, Stevie came out first as like a teeny bop, you know, mm-hmm. fingertips, clap your hands, all that. <laughs> and then he just went to the label and said, you know what, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Does music of my mind, gets makes a little noise. And then he dropped, what? talking book they let people know that he's that dude then he went from talking book to intervisions and he went from being you know somebody like i'm trying to trying to think of 60s uh analogs here he went from someone like uh shit give me somebody teeny bop with you know with no real substance back then marvin Gaye. no huh? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, from when he was doing a motel to when he Smokey did what was going. No, no you talking bro. about you, you, you like you maybe like a, I don't know, Frankie Avalon or there you go. type there of you go. He went from Frankie Avalon to Bob Dylan in the span of years because anybody, anybody who can rack up not one, not two, but three album of the year Grammys, dude, that's the guy, man. Yeah, and he's blonde. <laughs> and he's blind and he's playing it all himself yeah he's that dude 
Yeah, I always, I mean, I always think of the song, and Prince did the song live, but if you listen to, uh, what's it, Maybe My Baby? Is that what it's called? Maybe Your Baby. Maybe. Yeah. To me, I, I, when, I, when I first, when I finally heard the actual studio, or the, the record version, I was like, man, I can see how Prince and maybe even MJ biting the hell out of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, sound just like them niggas, but this is way before them. But uh, anyway, um, so I got another one for you guys. Maybe this one will be, uh, a little different. This is a little different. This is a political one. Uh-oh. So, again, let me, let me make sure I put all the things up front for Q. Uh, Drax. So here's the question. Who would you pick to be the first black president? I'm going to give you three choices. And again, can I just ask, is Obama, Obama's out of the equation here? We didn't, we never had Obama. No, we have Obama. I'm going to give you the, let me give you the choices. The choices are Obama, Martin Luther King, or Malcolm X. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. first. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Malcolm X. And why would you pick Malcolm? Because Malcolm, especially later in life, Malcolm was open to other attitudes, yet at the same time, when you're going to be the commander-in-chief, sometimes you need to lay the smack down. And, you know, Malcolm had that about him as well. He was an incredibly dynamic and powerful leader. He grabbed your attention and held it. No, this is uh, of the three. He's who I would I'd go to war with. And I'm assuming you you're taking them the later Malcolm after <laughs> sort of gotten. Well, you can't get the later Malcolm without you know experiencing the early Malcolm. Oh, right, but I'm saying would you would if he ran for president as the early Malcolm? Would you still be his? You'd be your, he'd be your choice. How early? When he was in the nation. No. <laughs> All right. Right. I can't have you got first amendment is very clear. Church and state separated, man. So no. Wait, what? Wait, wait, explain that one. What church and state? No, the the fact that you're saying it is very clear church and state separated. I'm like Church and State are no, separated. I, I get that part, but I'm like, why are you saying that in reference to Malcolm? I'm saying that in reference to anybody with a religious uh, organization behind him. You know, because Mike said well, he's still in the nation. Nation Islam, as far as I know, is a church based organization. But all these, all our presidents. Don't they have, have all, aren't they all Christians? Or they're not, they're not like deacons in the church and all that. No. Right. They're not leading with that either. Well. Wait, what? Bush didn't lead with that? <laughs> Did he? Sure, I, I, see, I, yes. I, I see what Big Sexy is saying. Oh, quick. Malcolm was an active member of a religious organization. That's what you're saying, right, Big Sexy? Yes. So okay, were most of the other presidents. They weren't active. No. Mm-mm. They weren't. So they didn't go to church? Active. Meaning active, they were deacons, active. they were ministers, oh, pastors, <laughs> car carrying members <laughs> out in the front. Very good. All right. I, 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 I get that. I get that. I was gonna I was gonna move the goalpost and say, well, what if he was not a preacher, but he's still a member of the organization? He hadn't denounced them yet. Let's say that. Like when he stepped down a little bit and wasn't speaking as much, if he ran for president and he would still and he would still say, you know, Honorable Elijah Muhammad would tell, would tell us that right there again, <laughs> you have the same thing. 
Would it be different if a if a if a person that was running for president was well? God has always told me that did they would they would you eliminate them too? Uh, I love how Mike said we're gonna set your answers now. He's trying to. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm moving. I'm admittedly moving the goalposts. <laughs> the man gave you his answer. <laughs> this is the Michael Dean show. I be doing. I'm doing what you do. Q, stop it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. But but I I, I know I'm. Let me bush. Let me let's move forward. Uh. Q Storm, who would you pick? Obama. Okay, why? For the main reason, I mean, for what uh, Big Sexy said, partially, that Martin Luther King, he was an active participant in the Christian church, as was Malcolm X. And uh, I think um, Martin Luther King, what we saw him do with history, I think he had to be outside of that, outside of the presidency. He had to lobby the presidency to get the Civil Rights Act passed. So if he were president, I don't know if that would have, I can't say for sure that would have happened because the president has to be beholden to all Americans and so forth. And they have to work with Congress. They have to work with the House. They have to work with the Senate. Some things might not get passed because of that, because of different political affiliations. But if you're outside of the spectrum, you can make more noise. without Like, like Trump? Well, Trump is getting uh, beat down left and right. Well, I'm saying he's outside of he was outside of all of that though too. That's what I'm saying. But he wasn't affiliated with. But well, my thing was he he wasn't also he wasn't affiliated with a religious organization. That's what I was saying about Malcolm well, and. Uh, I get you, but it'd be okay if they're no. I got, I'm trying to push him back a little. Right now? It would be okay if he was affiliated with reality TV though. Say what? I'm saying, but it wouldn't. But it would be okay if he was affiliated with reality TV, which I would think would be worse. But I don't know. I didn't. I didn't say it would be okay. Well, that's what I'm, ask, I'm asking. You. But but I mean, Ronald Reagan was a, uh, an actor, right? So again, why would we? If one is a is about like morals and a, a moral organization, I guess a, a religious organization is bad. But the other is just about reality TV and fuckery. Like, would we? We, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask Trump to be president either. If you if you gave me Trump, and he wouldn't be okay. That was that's what I'm asking. All right. Well, you know that I can't stand that dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, uh, Quentin. Hmm. Well, not to sound like a echo chamber in here, but I'd have to agree with uh, Q Storm, and uh, because President, former President Obama, has a how do I say this a more global viewpoint it's not he's not leaning towards helping just black america at least that's not what i saw um and uh that's it we know that's right (laughs) (laughs) you know because when you like you know with um martin luther king and malcolm x they are obviously obviously pro-black Queen, you might you might Queen, you might have wanted to word that a little differently. I'm, I'm with you, but you might have wanted to word that a little differently. What part about me agreeing with you or the no that Obama? You you purposefully said Obama did not have a black agenda. That's gonna come back to haunt you. I'm I know what you're saying, but that might come back to but haunt you. He ain't you. lying. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Where was I, it? It wasn't obvious, is what I'm saying. That's all. Can you tell us what it was? <clears throat> I, I can't. No, I can't say either. I, I I have an answer, but it's not my turn. <laughs> when is oh, that that's ever it. Stopped I, you? We can move on. I'm all right. I'm done with mine. Well, go ahead and say your answer, uh, Q. I'm curious. Well, I, 
it, it's going to be derided, I understand, or disagreed with, but I would say that the president has to uh, make conditions amenable to all Americans. He can't just address one portion of America because he's not the black president, he's not the Chinese president, or this president, or that president. He needs to provide conditions that will allow for good for good jobs, uh, for uh, economic um, parity, educational equality, stuff like that. And as a result of that, black people should benefit. You don't think that, I'm just going to use Martin Luther King for an example. You don't mm-hmm. think that he would be for all people? Martin Luther King? Yes. He was for all, yes, because he was for all people. Oh, okay. So he wasn't just a black agenda. Say what? So he wasn't just about a black agenda. The Civil Rights Act uh, benefited not just a lot of black people, but not just black people. And he said in his speeches, black boys and black white boys, black Mm -hmm. girls and white girls can hold hands and be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Yeah, but he also said in Memphis he's coming to D.C. to get the check for reparations. Okay. Well, he was fight. Well, I, I, I bring well, that up because I thought somebody was saying that um, only Obama. Maybe that was Quentin. I'm sorry. <coughs> Obama was about for everybody, and the other ones were just about a black thing. But it was seemed to me of on the of, surface. Okay, yeah, I was seeming to me okay. of the three. It was, almost seemed like Martin Luther King was one that was probably fighting more for everybody uh, than the other. You know, even more uh, than I don't oh, agree but, with but, that. But I don't know, but man. That's what I'm saying. Uh, that's what I was saying why I pick Obama because if you're outside of the spectrum you can make more noise you can be more in the fight when Obama before Obama was uh, president my understanding correct me if I'm wrong he was a community organizer in Chicago I just finished reading Michelle's book and most of the most of the uh, issues he fought for affected the inner city the black community in Chicago Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that the legislation wouldn't benefit everybody. Right. I mean, and I'm going to go to Ant next. I'm just based off of the readings of those books and stuff. Do you think the Obama, the fighting for the communities and stuff was more impactful than with Martin Luther King? Well, no, because the stakes were a lot higher when Martin Luther King was in office. We didn't have any rights. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Aunt Pooh, who would you pick? Malcolm X. I feel he'd get shit done for black people. All right. <clears throat> like, uh, to paraphrase Michael Jordan, fuck the mother races. Michael Jordan said what? There's a, there's a phrase, uh, somebody asked Michael, how does he feel about uh, all those kids dying because they're buying his shoes and whatnot, and they claim he said fuck them kids, so uh, people have been co-opting that. I need receipts on that. I said they claim <laughs> it's a meme. It's a meme. <laughs> Can I say one thing real quick? Of course. I think one thing we we fail to understand is that the president does not have unilateral powers. He can come up with legislation like prison reform, let's say. But the House and the Senate have to vote on it and agree with it. Okay. So when you say one of these people... You? when you? When you say one of these people... When you... When you say one of these people can get shit done. So you're talking about me. You're talking about a no, not necessarily. If you want to lace that bitch up, they'll go ahead. But I'm the one who said. So when you're talking about that, 
you're talking about work living in a dictatorship or a monarchy, which we do not. We have three co-branches of government. So it doesn't happen where the president just gets shit done. Well, that, that applies to all of them, right? Of course. Okay. Well, look, look, I, think we, I think we all know that, right? Yes, I think we do. Okay. But I think we're pointing that out. <laughs> Social studies, eighth grade. Oh, uh, you right. can get shit done. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So I, in terms of, I would pick, uh, man. So what if I said, am I entitled oh, to my opinion? Y'all go ahead. All right. We're getting feelings now. Nothing more than feelings. Yep. Trying to forget my... All right. Okay. All right. So uh, how many... So let's see. Well, one for Malcolm? Or when, who did you pick, uh, Big Sexy? I, f- I said Malcolm. So we got two for Malcolm and then what, two for Obama? Is that right? That was the... Yeah, that was the tally. Wow. No, nobody... Martin Luther King. Eh? Nobody picked up Martin. Uh, well, like said, go ahead. Like I said, it's like when I said um, before Elizabeth Warren decided to run... Last year, or the last presidential election, I was saying, "Why well, she should run?" Because she was, she had just finished put in uh, the credit bureau thing where banks couldn't rip us off. That Trump is undone, and the other things I can't remember the other things she did. I was like, "She should run," but someone, a lot of people, point out to me, "No, she shouldn't," because if she gets into the Oval Office, then she has to be beholden to everybody, and she can't force—not force, but she can't lobby for any one particular legislation. So she'd be more effective as a, a lobbyist or as a senator. Hmm. As That's interesting because I, re- I recall, you know, Obama doing a lot of lobbying for the LGBTQ community, which resulted in not only the push for the gay marriage, uh, but also other uh, gains they made within the military as well. I just remember him saying he had a he, he evolved. Or something. I forget what the term is he came up with. But he evolved on that issue, and that's what sparked outside forces to then get on their get on get on get their act together and um, make more noise. That's what I remember. Is that what he just said? Well, I said legislation. You, you uh, the uh, the president might not be as able to uh, enact legislation. He can champion legislation, but he can't enact legislation. That's what I said. Right, but I'm just saying what. And Pooh just kind of said, well, you, you kind of doubled and said the same thing he said. But, but I, I don't think it did. Okay. Well, uh, my pick would be, man, I, the, the cynical part of me would pick Malcolm X. <laughs> Only because, uh, as I would see a Trump is so outside of the norm and just, he would, he would galvanize people even if he didn't try to, which I think he does. I would feel like Malcolm would galvanize a lot of people on one side or the other and force stuff in America one way or the other. Uh, I think but he would lead with intelligence. So even if there would be people that would come at him and say, oh, you're the black this. I just feel like he is such a high level intelligent guy and a, and a great speaker that they wouldn't be able to combat. They'd be like, oh, shit, he's kind of right. <laughs> pointing everything out that the hypocrisy of the situation so yeah okay maybe it's not as opposed to like a trump to me is like he you know he'll say some crazy stuff oh there's good people on both sides there's no logic or no wisdom in what he says so he can't really back up nothing or or point out nothing all he can point out is that he's an idiot and 
he'll say something and retract it or he'll have people do these heinous things and shout them out on different th- you know and all this kind of stuff so i would pick malcolm x but the other part of me would probably pick martin luther king though because i feel like martin luther king one i feel like his his influence on american society is pretty heavy in my opinion uh he has his own holiday uh the state I live in, they read, you know, it's called King County and it's Martin Luther King County. And it's probably one of statistically one of the whitest populated cities in the, in America. Uh, and then they have his picture all over the place because it's part of the King County. Now, do I think they're doing that for other reasons? It's possibly. But the fact of the matter is he, he is the face of that. And I feel like his influence is so heavy. Oh, the civil rights and all of these and his speeches and whatnot. Uh, I think he did a lot of work. Uh, he put in a lot of work and he had cha- he influenced change way more than I would think anybody on this list did, in my opinion. Uh, whether it was legislative change or it was change that he got people's minds to change, you know, people's hearts and minds to to uh, open up. Uh, I feel like his words are so prominent. But um that, so, I, yeah, I, at the end of the day, I guess I, I actually picked Martin Luther King. I, I'm shocked myself because I, I love Malcolm. But Wow. I, I do, the, the older Michael Dean would pick Martin Luther King. <laughs> the younger, the younger, the younger would pick Malcolm <laughs> all day. And damn what a, anybody says about it. <laughs> Go ahead, Q. I got a sense that um, Malcolm X, the, the, the uh, young Malcolm X, would probably govern, I mean, he would govern with sense, don't get me wrong with this comparison I'm about to make. He would govern with sense, but I think he would govern with a leaning towards his base, like Trump does. And I wouldn't have a problem with that. I'm not saying I would either, but my point is, is that if you only govern to, if you only govern to your base, which let's say, if you're lucky, is Trump's base is what, 36% of the population? You're not really going to be able to, I don't think you're going to be able to um, enact significant legislation if you only got 36 percent of the population that's solidly behind you. And I think we see that played out with Trump. So, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't benefit from his. uh, I was going to say pandering. That's not the word I meant. That's what what Trump does by him just legislating for his base. But I don't think it would make for an effective administration. This is my opinion. Okay. okay. I, I I would I, be I, like I, well, somebody I, got to speak. I, I I would be like you know what? Hey, that's I I, I understand how you feel, and, and you, now you y'all understand how we feel. But in the same way where they say you know can't mm-hmm. blame us, or I I would be hey I'm gonna have the same energy. <laughs> be like. America first. <laughs> uh, he the president. <laughs> and, hey, it is what it, you get back to the polls next time and give it a good shot. But I'm on this. Uh, I'm on the side, and it is what it is. Just like that, it is what it is now. I say, hey, um, oh well. You know that's a part of. You, you, are you an American? You know, I, that would be a cold, cold slice of the game. We, we're making America greater. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> get get on board. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, damn the legislation. I, I, we feel good. Make me feel good. We feel good. Now, we, 
we winning. So I'd be like, oh, oh well. But you know, obviously these are just hypothetical fantasy type of scenarios. Um, it would be. I, I would say this, boy. I know as hot as people were when Obama won, if Malcolm won, they'd be ready for war, boy. They'd be ready for war out here. Then the gun sales would really go up. <laughs> I was you were saying they're ready for war, and I'm saying that's just the coons. Wait till the white folks get mad. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of coons, um, what do you guys? And and I'm gonna be. I want to change the tone here a little bit because it's actually very serious. Um, I haven't really dove really deep into this story yet. But I've seen some of the headlines and I just heard a few reports. But the whole of that New Zealand, you know, massacre uh, in the, you know, was it the mosque, right? Like 49 people murdered. Uh, and I was, I, I had heard about it and I heard it when the day it would happen, but I hadn't, didn't have time to read it. And then the next day I was talking to one of my coworkers. And he's a younger dude. And he was like, yeah, man, the, the guy who did the shooting, he's live streaming it. I'm like, huh? It's like, yeah, he was live streaming it. And then he shouted out uh, PewDiePie, you know, which is a very popular uh, YouTube video game streamer. And then I'm seeing, uh, I guess he had a manifesto, like a 75 page or something like that. And in one part of it, among other things he was saying, they said that he allegedly named uh that black lady candace owens as some sort of uh influence toward this or something and it made me think i was just like i was disgusted i was like man like i was trying to like how the hell how is a motherfucker live streaming them massacres like and i'm like i don't like censorship and stuff but we're getting to i think we're getting at a time man where you have, and we've talked about this type of mentality before, but there's a certain breed or mindset of, you know, I'm saying young men who are, you know, essentially ultra busters, fuck boys that want to sh- do these heinous killings and stuff and then want to show it to, you know, like it's a game or something. And I can't. I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around like who would do something like this other than just like a straight terrorist type of person. You know, it's got to be you got to be sick. Like, uh, un, you know, to me, you, in my mind, you can't have any sort of uh, human emotion or something like when I mean, you can just savagely gun down innocent people. It's one thing I could say if you was in the military and it's, you know. There's the enemy, blah, blah, blah. But you're not usually going after civilians and kids and just regular people, and particularly in a church type of environment. To me, that's just such a heinous. That's a scary. That's scary shit to me. Like the mentality. That's that's really scary because then that means all bets are off. There's no. You know, there's no like respect like there used to be. Well, oh, you do your dirt out there, but you don't you don't go to no church. You know, you know, kids and old people and just regular people, you just deal with the regular criminals or other soldiers. But now it's like, now you don't even have soldiers. These are regular people 
going out massacring other regular people. So it's just it's some it's some crazy stuff to me. Um, and I'll say this, you know, the PewDiePie guy, he has been. I like I don't like Tyreek Nasheed has spoken about this guy over the years and always be like, you know, you gotta watch out for this dude. He he, he kind of low key on some white supremacy type stuff. A lot of people are just ah, oh, you're you sound crazy, blah blah blah. But now you literally have a uh, essentially a white identity extremist who has carried out murders and actually shouts and tell go subscribe to PewDiePie during the massacre. It's not a coincidence that guys would say something like that. I just think. To me, it would show a guy like a PewDiePie or anybody that's out here doing this stuff. We got to be very cognizant of our influence and the words we say, the messages we putting out there, uh, because it has an influence. You you don't get somebody killing a whole bunch of people and then they say your name. I can't imagine. You know, I'm not a fan of the Candace Owens, and I've only seen a few of her stuff, but I can't imagine. Like, man, you you have to. I, I, I don't know how I could wake up in the morning and I said, oh, somebody said, oh, yeah, they said the Michael Dean podcast juice. You know, and they start blasting on people. I would be like gutted. Like, I was like fuck, what the hell? How would, you know what I'm saying? What did I say or do to be in that? Like, who would want to be associated with terror like that? It just, it blows my mind. And I, you know, so I just wanted to say that. Um, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on that, that whole situation that happened. Um, if anyone wants to jump in. The only thing <clears throat> that caught my attention, because like yourself, I have not really, you know, delved deep into it, but um, there is, I think it was in the chat too, there are two covers of a UK tabloid called the Daily Mirror, I believe, and one depicts the the nutcase who shot up the gay bar as an ISIS-wielding maniac, and another one depicts this jackass as like a little blind kid who went wrong. Fuck out of here. They need to cover these things more, you know, even-handed. Yeah, That's that, what I, yeah, go ahead, Q. That's what I was saying. I, <clears throat> I've been going back and forth with people that I have, uh, that have, you know, trained me or shown me, giving me tips and stuff, black people, I'm not going to mention names, who are coming at me for putting up a, uh, I put up a meme that said, uh, if the shooter is, what is, uh, Hispanic, build a wall. If the shooter is, uh, Muslim, uh, I forget what it said, uh, but, uh, oh, he's a terrorist. If the shooter is black, it's BLM is a terrorist group. If the shooter is white, well, we have to understand what's going on in our society that would cause someone like this to just all of a sudden lose his mind. And we have to examine what. To, so and they're going at me like, oh, that, that's I'm so disappointed in you. This, and I'm like, where is it wrong, though? What Trump hasn't said one word other than oh, he did. He did make a statement, but he said that. um the person had serious problems, but if this had been a Muslim person, he would have he would have been talking about we need another ban. If it had been a Hispanic person, he would have said, "See, that's why." I mean, Trump went out during uh, during one of the killings. I think it was the one that happened in uh, London. 
And he said on the back of that killing, oh, see, this is why we need a wall. And so I'm like, where deconstruct that for me? Where is it wrong? And I, so I'm, I'm basically 100% behind what Big Sexy said. Um, it's, it's, it's racist. And, and it, it's short-sighted. We need to call this, you don't have to call it white terrorism, even though that's what it is. Even though I'm, I'm more afraid of the white man in this country than I am about any uh, Muslim. You know, we got to call it terrorism. Yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked on the magazine cover. I mean, they, they've been doing that for the longest. You know, uh, that's why I'd be very like, I always be like, man, I don't know why we even tripping on these, some of these media organizations. We don't control them. They obviously let you know their agenda right off the rip, you know, what, what, you know, what they're about. And that's why we got to really start taking control of the narrative and put our own stuff out there because, yeah, it's always going to be trouble Timmy <laughs> or whatever. They're going to call it for what it is. Trump, of course, he ain't going to, you know, he's on board with him as far as, far as, I, as far as I'm concerned. Like he's, he knows his words are so important. He's very critical. He's very, you know, cognizant and critical of what he says. They don't want to ever seem like he's going against that situation. So he'll tiptoe and dance on it. And that's cool. He's on code. So I, I know where he stands. You know what I'm saying? It's not a mystery to me. I'd rather he say what he say so that I, so you know. That's why I, that's why I said he forced a situation. For those who believe in that crazy ideology, he's their lightning rod. That this guy, the killer, named him in his thing. Said, yo, he's, just, he's the face of the movement he's talking about. So they know what's up. They know what's up. <laughs> but we better start acting like we know what's up and stop playing around. Because the thing about it too, they're not playing. That you can be clear of. You got you, people going into churches, even in America. Was was it Dylan Roof? Right. They're not playing around. You know, they're not doing the. Oh. They're not that bad, or you know, some of them tiptoeing, and they they got people that are riders. That ain't they're ready to go down whatever means necessary. It's ridiculousness. It's violence. Uh, what was that? Charleston. They was running. They was in the streets. They not playing around. This cat, and, he ain't playing around. Not to say that you know that's not the answer, but you have to call it out for what it is and understand this is not a game. They're not playing. You know they're not like tiptoeing with this shit. They straight up, you know, you listen to what that you do with cycle, but listen to what the stuff he was saying. Now I read a little bit of what he's talking about, you know, and he not even an American, but he want to see a civil war over here. He, uh, he said he wanted to, to get the left and the right fighting about the second amendment. And he said, at the end of the day, it's going to be a political thing, but it, I want it to be about a racial thing so that we, you know, white people can stand up. And let them know we're not gonna be run, run, ran over. Uh, and you got a president that you know he, he be saying crazy stuff. People on both sides. Didn't he have some comment this week about his enemies that get hurt or something like? He's. I was gonna say he said this fool actually said that if the Democrats continue to oppose me, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know I have the police on my side. I have the tough guys on my side. And I have the bikers on my side. 
And if they continue to oppose me, it could get very bad, very bad, very bad. And he doesn't understand that saying that shit is what leads to this shit. Oh, I think he does understand it. Huh? I think they, I think he does understand it. <laughs> I don't think he's just. Well, I think you he might. Does. Right. I, he, I, I guess I. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying I think he does understand. We, we just don't want to think like they serious. I'm just saying they very serious. They they on code. He just told you I got the police right. Who'd you say the military? Is that what you? He said I have the police. The uh, I think he may have said military. The tough people. Tough people. And I have gangbangers. Really, really, he said I got gangbangers. He said I got the black gangbang. I got white gangbangers. With that, with you know the bikers who might be clicked in with the, the Aryan movement, all, and they ready to ride. And I'm the president of the United States telling you this. I'm telling you the police is is infiltrated. <laughs> so when they be trying to you, all the police say the president of the United States just compared them with gangbangers. You you think so? One supposed to believe you are the most powerful. He ain't playing. You playing because <laughs> you don't want to believe it. But he telling you straight up. This is what it is. And you're gonna get hurt. So that's this why cats gotta be. And, and so on one hand, that's why I was jokingly on the chat with Q. I like, man, let me get on some airwag because maybe, maybe ain't too crazy. Because this, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I, this is what I'm saying. You know, I've been doing this for two years now. I'm not trying to make this about me. I've just never understood the pushback that I get when I bring up firearms because I mean, if this guy gets another four years. Who knows what the fuck we're gonna have to be ready to do? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean it, it's just some wild stuff, man. That's we just gotta keep our eyes open out here. This is it's a serious business out here in the world. You know, I can't even imagine being in that situation where that you know the shooting took place. That's just like uh, it gut it, it guts you, man. That's the kids. I saw some of the, the pictures of the victims. There was, there was kids in there, man. You know, it's just, uh, I can't even imagine. Uh, and I won't, uh, you know, and I wouldn't want nothing more like that to happen here. Sadly, it probably will, right? Because if we just have all these shootings all the time, it's, it's crazy out here. But uh, I, go ahead. I'll call, I'll call out, I'll call out liberals and Democrats, which I am a member of both. I'm not ashamed, but they, and, and I, you know, people can call me hypocrite if you want. I'll own it. I did not feel this way three years ago. Okay. I did my Obama. I evolved. If you want to say that, fine. I changed. But um, my liberal Democrats, they come up with the stupidest ideas to try to combat gun violence, which I want. I I don't have a problem with gun control, but they come up with the dumbest ideas. Like uh, I read something about um, two things. Two things I read. I think it was in Missouri. This, this fool... So he, I don't know if he was a Democrat or not, but he said he wants to introduce, he wants to make it a law that everyone must own an AR-15. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> people in Missouri don't read the Constitution. Can't do that. Right. And uh, someone else was like, and this goes back to a Chris Rock joke. I think it was Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who I can't stand. She wants to uh, do <laughs> background checks on bullets. Oh Lord! <laughs> I, I say bullet. I, I say bullet, so that's not the right term. But a bullet is a, only one part of what comes out of a gun. But 
Yeah, I mean, they, these are the Democrats, man. They they always they. I think they have better ideas than the Republicans to how to make the society better, but they they fuck it up in messaging and execution every time. All right. Well, <clears throat> this leads me to uh, actually a movie, quick movie review. Well, she's from Florida, so that makes makes you know sense right there. Damn, shit, not Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it brings me to a quick movie review. I saw, last week I saw a movie called Captive State. Uh, this movie is directed by uh, Rupert Wyatt. And only movie that I ever saw him do. The the uh, first Planet of the Herbs. Planet of the Herbs. Planet, Planet of the Apes. My man. My man. Wyatt is crew, man. <laughs> the, the, the first Planet of the Apes uh, reboot movie. Uh, who was in, there was a, what was the young guy who was in that movie the actor the lead I was it in Mark Wahlberg no 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 not I'm sorry not that oh, James, one. James Franco James Franco yeah. yeah he directed that movie I don't think he's directed a movie since then but <laughs> he has come back with this movie called Captive State and essentially it's a very interesting movie it's a science fiction movie and it evolves uh, so aliens have come to earth and essentially have taken over. They've taken over the government. They changed the government. You know, uh, they just have a thing called a legislator or, or something. And everyone is basically under their control. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but it's essentially uh, it's a world where uh, they push peace and harmony. As long as you underneath, you know, you stay and do what they tell you to do. Um, it takes place in Chicago. They have walled off a lot of the major cities. You know, people live in them. But I guess outside of it is I don't know, no man's land or something. They don't actually I don't think they actually really show you outside of that. But you see that they have walled off the major cities. Uh, all the military has been taken down. The government's been taken down. They have kept the police forces in these cities but they work for these aliens these aliens are called roaches in the movie um, but they seem to all live underground and uh, the interesting thing about this movie is that it starts out uh, there's a black family on the run driving through the city and you get the idea that this is right after the aliens have have you know arrived and I guess whatever military actions the the world took didn't work and humans are basically going to have to surrender. And this black dude's got his two sons in the back and his wife, and they're driving through the streets trying to get out of the city. And he's kind of like, we got to regroup, you know, get away and regroup and we can fight back. And, you know, he comes to a checkpoint where there's some police officers. And he's trying to get through and the black dude pulls a badge out. So, you know, that he's a police officer, or at least he was. And he's like, I got to get my family through. And they're like, uh, sorry, detective, you know you can't go through, man. And he just like, you know, they start shooting at him. I'm like, oh, shit, this shit is crazy. And then he dips through like some uh, a tunnel or something. And when you're driving through the tunnel, at the very end of it, you can see like there's some sort of creatures or something at the end of it. I'm like, whoa, what's going on, man? Like, and he stops the car and he's, you know, it's like, should we just try to drive through? But the 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 aliens do something and it almost seems like the the mom and dad just go up in a puff of smoke or something like it's like a force comes over the car and just whoosh. and I'm like oh shit they're dead 
And then the camera sort of turns back around. They never really showed them before, but there were two children in the back. You know, these two black kids, the two boys. And the aliens sort of walk closer up to the car and the kids are back there, you know, frightened. They got like headphones on. And then it just kind of switches. And then it picks up, I think, nine years later. And one of the boys, the older brother that was in that car, he he has, he, you know, what's the uh, Mexican um, folk hero type dude that people be wearing on their shirts? Che Guevara. Yeah, he's almost seen like that. And his picture is on the wall. It's like a big mural. And he's like this mythical black liberation. You know, he's not for black people, but I'm just saying he's a black dude. But he's the face of that. And he's dead. And his younger brother is who we follow at the beginning of this movie. And uh, who's the other? This, John Goodman is, is in this. And John Goodman plays a police officer who seems to have the younger brother under surveillance. So we pick up on the young brother exactly smashing down Becky. Uh, but they're watching him. So anyway, <clears throat> the movie is essentially about trying to get out from underneath this rule of these people. And humans essentially almost got to act like terrorists to try and you know take down the, the system and it's a very interesting movie man i for one thoroughly enjoyed this movie one it's a sci-fi movie but i would imagine it probably speaks to a more political type of mindset uh and that may be why this movie is not getting the pub that it is because some people could see this as, oh, this might be some propaganda, left-wing propaganda or something. I saw it through the lens of a black man at um, 50 years old almost. And it's a science fiction movie. But the black cats were the leads of the movie. And they're trying to free people. And they're ready to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Even if they have to sacrifice themselves. Or they're seen as the villain. And I thought it was very interesting to use the aliens as this. So you don't play it on racial lines. It's purely just humans versus this force of people. These these aliens that have taken us and put us under control. Obviously, everybody ain't trying to be no terrorists. And is just trying to go about their day-to-day lives. And there's this whole thing where there's this big um, unity show. It's, a, it's called the Unity Events and the... I guess it's in Dodger Stadium or something. And it's, you know, they're going to have the human appointed person meet with the aliens. And it's like a show of unity and peace and harmony. And it it goes about following this kid. And you can kind of see there's like a it kind of has some heist movie type elements to it. And you can see the, the different things that he's doing. And then it shifts to the. I'm going to call them terrorists, but they're freedom fighters. <laughs> but then it shifts to following them and to carrying out their plan. And it was very intense. It was a very intense movie, man. Um, if you, I'm not going to spoil it because there may be some people who want to see it. And I think you should just watch it and not know what's going to happen. But I thought it was really good. It doesn't leave any loose ends at the end. Uh, John Goodman did his thing in this. It stars the young man who was in Moonlight. Uh, I don't have his name in front of me. Young, young, young brother. He he was really good in this. He was pretty good. Also, I think it stars Machine Gun Kelly, which I understand is a popular rapper or something. Uh, 
Uh, he was in this movie as well. But it was really good. I, I keep saying it was, a, it was a really good movie. I, I would say if you don't go see it in the theater, definitely check it out when it hits on demand. Probably another couple months or so. Uh, it, it was it was solid, man. It was a crazy movie, man. And there was one point where all the shit goes down and then the aliens bring in their, they call them hunters or something. And they came from space and they touched down. These dudes were like on some, they had this armor and they would just hit the streets and you better get the fuck out of the way. They gonna find these people and it's going down. And the other part of it was too, everybody had a uh, some sort of, I call it a microchip, but it was actually like a living thing inside their necks. It almost reminded me of the Matrix, how they had that little thing was in, they had to pull that little thing out the people. And it was like a little centipede or something. But they had shit like that. Everybody had that in their neck. And if you didn't have that, that meant you was off the grid and you was considered dead. Because that'd be the only way you couldn't have one. And so everybody was essentially uh, could be tracked. And they had these drone swarms that just went over the cities. It looked like birds almost, but it was actually little drones. And they could track. They could see who your name was, everything. They could track anybody at any time. Um, so it, it was a wild movie, man definitely a wild movie but a lot of it reminds me of some of the stuff we going down we see going down now some of those people would be considered terrorists in that movie but in this particular case they was really fighting for you you know the 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 line of the movie was uh light the match start a war and they was trying to start a war and they was like we're gonna hit them so hard they gonna have to come at humans (laughs) And we're going to have to fight. There ain't going to be no choice. But we're not going to sit here and, and essentially be slaves to these people. It, it's just not going to be an option. So it was very interesting. It was like I could see Killmonger being in that movie. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, but anyway, Captive State. Check it Wasn't out. Wasn't Machine Gun Kelly the rapper that uh, Eminem skewered last year? Uh, he might be. Might be. I know he was in that movie Bird Box, I believe. I recognized him from the Bird Box, and somebody told me later, "Oh, that's that dude." Oh, okay. Who was it? Who was he in Bird Box? He was with that girl, and they ended up leaving. Oh, the white, he's a white guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a white dude. Oh, okay. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, he's white. Oh, he's a black guy. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just messing with you. Um. Oh, and lastly, um, did anybody? I guess I asked. There's a new movie on Netflix uh, starring Ben Affleck, uh, Isaac, Oscar Isaac, I just, Paul Dameron, and uh, Jax from the uh, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I think the movie must have just popped up the other day. I think they played it in theaters for a week in certain cities. But did anybody see this movie, Triple Frontier? I saw the trailer for it, but I have not seen the film yet. I ended up watching it last night. It was pretty good. Uh, you know, it's it's a heist movie. And it just, you know, sort of kind of gets crazier and crazier after a while. But it was actually pretty good. It looks fabulous. I was like, I mean, just looking at the way it was shot and they're out there in this lush environment and stuff. There's a lot of action in the movie at times. Um, essentially, the story is they're all like ex-Marine Special Forces type dudes. And they're all just sort of kind of living a civilian life at this point and you know the one guy comes and says hey yo i got a score i got the score of a lifetime you know you need to come just just let's do this one job man it's gonna get us paid it's like a cartel dude 
We're going to get him for his money. We ain't got to hurt nobody. You know what I'm saying? Let's just go in and go out. But of course, you know, it ain't going to go like that. And it starts to go nuts. And when there's so much money involved, people start acting kind of funny style. But it, it, it was pretty good, man. I, I can see Netflix. One of these days, Netflix is going to mess around and get that that real sort of it's gonna be interesting how, how are they gonna do when they get that real blockbuster type movie that is a is an action type movie that everybody's gonna be like, whoa but you don't got to go to the theater and see it you can just watch it at home i guess they had that where bird box was they had a lot of buzz about it but they're gonna they're gonna mess around and get a, a real like this ain't it to be clear but i can see they're getting these big actors in these movies uh the cast is it's a great cast um, and you got all these guys, uh, but I thought it was it was it was a, it was way better than I anticipated. You know, I'm like, it's gonna be on Netflix, but they got top tier talent in this bitch. I was like, okay, and it was action. I was, this is my kind of you know. I, so I'll say this: it was one of the movies for me. I've talked about it before. I'll be watching. I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, nigga, oh. So if you like that kind of shit, cats be getting busted on and. Yo, get the money. Y'all niggas are trapping. You know, and you're talking back at the screen. That's Triple Frontier. They, they got a lot of that going on. So definitely watch that. All right. Uh, I'm going to get y'all opinion on Avengers in-game trailer. It has dropped. I would imagine this is probably the last trailer we're getting for this movie because it comes out next month. Uh, Q-Storm. What'd you think of the trailer? Well, from what I remember of it, I remember thinking, well, this didn't really give me anything more than the teaser. Uh, it was it seemed like, it, from what I remember, there was a lot of flashback and black and white and a voiceover. And um, I don't remember. Oh, the only thing that the only thing I remember that it showed me that I something to look forward to. And when I say look forward to, I don't mean positively, but something it, it gave me something to say okay that's going to happen is the scene with thor and captain marvel but other than that i don't think it really advanced the it didn't hype me up anymore than what the teaser did all right uh quentin did you see the trailer i did <clears throat> excuse me i did and um from what i've researched it's from the first these um clips are from the first 20 to 30 minutes of the film which is why there's so many flashbacks intersliced into the uh, the trailer. They were only used. I think the trailer company was only given about eight minutes of, t- of uh, screen of uh, I'm sorry footage that they can use. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, the thing that really stuck out to me was the usage of the black or the black and white and the red. And it made me think back to when I think it was T'Chaka who said that. Thanos is going to bring nothing but dust and blood. Gray for the dust, red for the blood. Kind of stuck out to me. Hmm. And it made me wonder about these suits that the guys are wearing during the scene. Are those quantum realm suits? Are they space suits? What are they? Not sure. And interesting that Q mentioned this. In Captain Marvel, did anyone actually refer to her as Captain Marvel? I don't remember that. No. No. No, so and this is just a, a theory of mine. This may be the film where she takes up the mantle 
as becoming the new leader of the Avengers. If Captain Captain America oh, dies, if, if Captain America dies, because he did strap on his shield the first time we've seen it since the big fight, that looked like an, an end fight. But if this was only from the first 20 minutes, it probably isn't. It's probably one of the many times they've done time travel and tried to get back and, and destroy uh, Thanos. But she may take up the Captain name and Marvel as an homage and become Captain Marvel. And one last thing, I know I'm jumping all over the place, but one last thing, take a look at Black Widow's hair. It's short and blonde, then it's long, red, and the blonde is starting to bleed out. And then it's long and red again. That's some time jumping. So the trailer's really confusing, but that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to see where all this kind of ties into. So I'm looking forward to the film. All right, all right. Uh, Aunt Pooh. That's a real insight there. I didn't. I wouldn't have thought that thing about the Captain Marvel. And I'm hoping um, your uh, precognition is uh, accurate. For me, the the trailer it didn't really give us anything extra. I have to agree with that. But at the same time, I'm glad because there's so many leaked scripts and leaked scenes that are online that I wish I hadn't heard or hadn't read that I really want to go in not knowing as much about the film based on uh, the trailer as possible. Uh, I was really pissed off with Black Panther because I, I knew that there was that scene with him walking across the film, the field with his arms up that we hadn't seen yet. So I knew, okay, he's coming back and there's more to this film. So I'm glad that they're giving us just little. And you mentioned this before, Mike, that they really don't have to show us anything. We're going to this to the theaters to see this just based on the last two minutes of the film. So I'm glad they're, you know, having some restraint and I'm still hyped. All right. Uh, Big Sexy, what's some of your takeaways from the trailer? Well, it seems to me that, uh, <clears throat> you know, Quentin really broke it down because the one thing that, I'm still not getting is the space suits or whatever they're wearing near the end of the trailer. Uh, I'm sure it'll be explained how Ant-Man got out of his jam. Uh, this talk about <clears throat> Captain Marvel coming in and leading the team. No, no. Granted that she's powerful, incredibly powerful, but at the end of the day, she's still the new guy. You can't well, lead the team if you're the new guy. Sorry. Can I ask you, Big Sexy, is it is it true? Because I feel the same way you do. But I someone told me that Kevin Feige was quoted as saying, Captain Marvel will be the new face of the Avengers. I said that in the last uh, show. <laughs> yeah, that's his call. But, you know, I again, I base all of my reactions from the books. And, you know, and, Aunt had, and I've talked more than once. It's like, look, man, this is the MCU. They're not going to follow canon. And that's okay. But again, just from a group dynamic, you know, the new person can't come in and get the mantle leader thrust upon them. It just doesn't work that way. No matter who's left standing at the end of the day, and from what I'm understanding, there's a very genuine possibility that the Avengers, as we know it, is going to go forward without Cap, Without Iron Man and without Thor. Right there, we got a problem. Well, if I can offer a rebuttal to that, Mark, um, one thing we have to take into consideration is 
she spent six years being trained by the Cree in that elite squad. What what is it called? The squad she was with. Oh shit, I forgot. Well, so she's well trained to be a tactical leader as well as hand-to-hand combat. On top of that, she's been gone, what, 14 years traveling the universe trying to find a homeworld for those scrolls. And they're stating that she'd been fighting, will be revealed that she's been off on other missions helping other worlds. So, yes, she's the new person, but based on that information, she's the most qualified to lead the Avengers. I have to disagree with that again. She may have done all these other things, and, you know, and let's face it, the fact that she's Cree-trained, let's start there. The Cree ain't shit. Everyone knows this. Okay, the Cree ain't shit. We all know this. Let's let's not discount her training, but as far as character, now, she showed a lot of character by helping the scrolls do their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, she's the new guy. You know, you can't come back in with all this power and look at me as I'm the Hulk or I'm Wanda or Widow. Okay, I'm running shit now. Who are you? I don't know you. Get out of here. You have to build that relationship over time, and she has to put that time in. Let me let me uh, read I, Kevin Feige's words that sort of or sort of sparking this conversation. He, he says, uh, "When we found out that Brie Larson might be interested in joining our world, we had a number of meetings. She was a huge fan of the character in the comics." One of the highlights of my career at Marvel was introducing her at Comic-Con and having her come out on stage and stand there with literally almost everybody else from our movies. There she was at the forefront, and it was a great foreshadowing, not just for how audience are going to embrace Brie as this character, but also for how Captain Marvel is about to take the lead and be at the forefront of the entire cinematic universe. So he didn't say that she's going to lead the Avengers. He's saying the Marvel Cinematic Universe will be sort of, will be the lead of that. Yeah. And see, the thing is, I'm speaking. I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm going to say I think we as the audience deserve better than that because we just met this character on screen, and now you're going to force her down our throat in terms of being the leader of the Avengers and the MCU. I mean that that's that doesn't work for me. Well, what I find oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. The, the thing that I find a problem with this is Brie Larson ain't the person. I'm just going to be honest. She she really, in my opinion, does nothing for me to be excited for the MCU or to say, like, yes, the MCU should be centered around her. And I, I hope this doesn't come off misogynistic, but I'm just going to keep it real. Robert Downey Jr., he you can clearly see he loves being Tony Stark and Iron Man. And he 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 eats this he eats it all up. He loves that aspect of it. Chris Evans, he, dope character. He loves you can clearly see he likes being Steve Rogers. He's came into the role. Brie Larson, yes, it's only been one film. Yes, he's only been doing it for two years, but you just don't get a sense that this is a priority or she's having fun with this where you're just like, yeah, I'm cool with her being the focal point of the MCU. You, you know what I think it is? I, I, and I agree with what you said. You know, that was part of my re- review of the movie. She's not the charismatic on-screen leader of this. But I could see Kevin Feige's side to say probably as much as Robert Downey and all those guys are great, um, if I got to open up $40 million to get Robert Downey on the screen, he ain't leading the, 
<laughs> Marvel Cinematic. I mean, they, unless they want to come off that money. So he's might they might be saying, well, we can get somebody else. Just as we made those guys, we can make this person and we can play it off of the whole woman's thing, movement that we think is coming. And she ain't a superstar, so she can't come in here demanding off this money off the rip. We can sign her up right now into all these movies for way cheaper. And we can push that. The only problem with this, and this is something I think Marvel is going to have to deal with, particularly after Endgame, is where do you go next? Because these guys have gotten so popular, um, it's one thing telling to me that he doesn't say Chadwick Boseman is not the leader of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because the box office <laughs> would tell you that he would be the leader, right? Uh, and he is, you know, and I don't know what his contract is, but I'm sure he's probably already signed to do movies so that you can maybe have him get in position. But I think they're, they're dealing with, okay, where do we go next? These guys have gotten too big. We can't, um, the money is not going to support these, all these guys becoming superstars. And then they want to change the contracts up. We have to flip the game. Uh, let's go with this. But I think their thing is those movies are so integrated with each other. One wrong step could mess up the whole thing because if you say she's going to be the face of it now in my opinion her movie ain't all that so i don't see how she could be the face of it it's just not there personally but if they're committed to it and they've written her into other situations in these movies what do they do when she doesn't work and they've already committed god damn we sort of have these movies down planned already in the storyline are they and it and she doesn't she's not the face it's almost like uh infinity war on some levels for me they didn't think Black Panther movie was going to be what it was, right? They knew it was going to be a good movie. They, they had no idea it was going to be the number one grossing movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in terms of domestic, right? So they already been committed to Infinity War. Oh, let's just, you know, we're going to have one, you know, a couple scenes in here. I'm sure a lot of people walked into that. I, I, I know. I, oh, oh they're going to have Black Panther all up in this bitch because it just came, <laughs> came off the, that was fantastic. And he's sort of relegated to this one part. And who would have thought he would have killed them, right? Oh, you killed this character? Huh? Yeah. I, um, Hello? What was that? Oh, I think he's talking to somebody in his house. Um, so, <laughs> so I think they're kind of getting to a point where they have to figure out where they, they're going. They're not telling you Spider-Man is the center point of it because I guess they got the thing with Sony. But they they want to pull this character again, like I said, whose books ain't nobody really buying. They keep rebooting it, and they're banking on that this movie is going to be a success enough. And again, I don't know what they're going to show us in Endgame. Maybe the Russos are going to show her in a different type of light, where you'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. Like I said, maybe like they did Captain America at one point. But I don't know, man. Uh, it's obvious, when, though, their agenda uh, is to push her to be the front. I guess it's going to be up to the audience if we accept that. There's it's, two things. Go ahead. I was going to say there's two things at play here. One, the changing world that we live in, where yep. having a female face yep. is now needed. And two, with the success of the Guardians films, I believe they're going to take the Avengers and that whole universe into space. It really kind of does speak to their hubris and I, that the audience was telling them, give us Black Widow, give us Black Widow. And they hemmed and hawed to the point that Scarlett Johansson fucked up that bag 
to a degree with some of the uh, questionable roles that she took. And they just said, like, we're going to we're going to choose this person and you guys want to get on board. And Mark, it's, it's kind of like with WWE fans, right? They're giving us our Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, she ain't got it. She whatever, ain't the one. <laughs> whatever it is, it ain't came to her. Uh, I, just two observations I want to make. One. If they wanted to make Captain Marvel the face of the MCU, I, I, I wouldn't be happy about that. But if they're going to do it, you got how, who signed off on Brie Larson? I don't give a damn if she won an Oscar. She was terrible in this movie. She won an Oscar. That's what I'm hearing. Her, her I think she, what was it? Some I can't remember the name of the film. Runt or something. I can't remember the name of it. But even her voice, she just sounds, she has no weight. There's nothing, there's no gravitas to her. She just sounds like a valley, I don't know, I'm saying valley girl, but she just doesn't. And then the other thing is, why can't they just do, I don't know how they pull it off, but good screenwriters can pull off damn near anything. They should just do what Star Trek did. Something should happen, and they have the, they have the tools to do this, where in the timeline, things get changed. And then you put new actors in the roles of Iron Man, all the people who um, who want who might want to uh, leave or do something, go on or, or not going to come back. But by that token, they should have when uh, Thanos snapped everybody away, he should have snapped away the the first phase Avengers, so that you could then replace them with new actors. If that if that's the issue at hand about people not wanting to come back or people costing too much. No, that wouldn't have gone over well at all. Just to see people vaporize and not having a swan song? No, that no. wouldn't have worked. No. She does have an Oscar. She got it for a film called Room. Best Actress. I said, wow. wow. <laughs> Good for her. But yeah. I mean, th- it, that's it, probably part of the marketing, you know, that she has that. But this performance, no, nah, she, she ain't that one. She sure has an Oscar. Come on. But Cher can act. <laughs> okay. Monique got an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Oscars don't mean, I mean shit so, to, the, to, the, to the box so office fan. Their audience could care less about them Oscars. That's the fact. Yeah, yeah. she just doesn't have that that draw that um, you need to be. And again, this is a lot of weight to be putting on her too. You know, she's still the new cat, and they're saying, "Well, we're going to make her the face of the whole deal." Whoa, slow your roll. Yeah, man. You, she's you, new. you have to go organic, man. You can't force. Got to let the people decide. You can't force magic. And that's one thing, you know, all their movies ain't always the shit. That's the facts, though. They may get praised. The ones that are praised legitimately are where they should be banking on, in my opinion. That's why I say you have Black Panther. That's their biggest. I mean, that's you ain't never seen. None of their movies have the groundswell that that had. Niggas was buying the theaters out. <laughs> you know, and giving out tickets. We're not doing that on other movies. That's a fact. But again, I don't think they just didn't see that. And, you know, part of it, they be on code. I mean, let's be clear. They're going to have they're going to champion their own stuff. That's just what they do. And I ain't nothing wrong with that. But the audience will tell you what they really want to see. But I just think the thing with those what makes these movies different than, say, uh, DC or something. They're so scripted together. That once they decide to go away, they kind of got to go away. Like they have to go a certain direction 
they're not listen, necessarily allowing these movies to be sort of one-offs, not tied into the larger narrative. They've been super successful at it before, but statistically would show they can't always, it's not going to always work. And they come into a point now where they have, they come into an end point, right? Some of these guys may want to step away or they're becoming too expensive. And I think the other part I wanted to mention too, I think what Disney's doing, and they got to be careful. Just as they're trying to push the Brie thing, I feel it's the same way they were trying to push um, Old Girl and Star Wars. Yeah. And oh. again, I understand they're trying to go with that, do the whole woman thing, but the movies still have to be good and you can't force that on, the, on your audience. And particularly, you're dealing with this, these audiences, the Star Wars audience and the Marvel audience, it's predominantly male, predominantly white. And it can only do it if it's, I know they, they probably, I think probably where they saw all of this start, I imagine the, the executives, they saw the success of, what was the Hunter Games or what was that? Game? Hunger Games. Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. They saw that probably and was like, yo, we got to get the young girl, young white girl. That's the move. That's the movement. And Twilight. And to, yeah. And all that. They saw that and was like, yo, but the thing I think they forgot Nigga, those were books that the kids made popular. And then, you know, they wrote, those movies rolled that wave. You're trying to take established shit and push that narrative on it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be, you know, you're going to get some pushback. If those movies aren't generally just good on their own, you're going to get pushback. So when you try to introduce that into Star Wars, you're going to get but some it, pushback, which they'd have. <laughs> People are it, like, you know, the, the movies are questionable to some people. Some people are not necessarily identifying with Ray. People still want to see Luke and all of them you, before you push that. And I just think with this is the same way. We still want to see Captain T'Challa and all that. And unless she comes out the box dope, then, yeah, you can tell me she's the face of it. But if she ain't better than them, why, why would I accept this? But go ahead, Q. I was going to say you brought up a, a good point with Star Wars. I have in the same I have the same reaction now now that you bring it up. I think I had the same reaction to Captain Marvel, the character, as I did to Ray. I have no problem with a, a female leading this film or whatnot. But in both cases, they just they just give this character all these powers and abilities, no background, no next very little explanation. We don't get to really know who Captain Marvel is before she's already, uh, spoiler, you know, somehow absorbing Tesseract energy. How'd that happen? Because she, because of uh, uh, the plane blows up, but she, and then at the end, she just, she, she's on her Michael thing with the Dark Knight Rises. Just, you know, she goes back and Rocky coming strong or fighting hard now, whatever. It's like, I don't, I don't know you well enough for you to have earned that. You know, the same thing with Ray. I think it's a great character, but I don't. I still, two movies deep, don't know anything about Ray other than she just can do all this stuff. That's true. And they took they took my man Luke and made him into a pussy. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> you're not lying. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're not lying. That's the sad part about it. And, but, they, man, but they I, gave I, you I they gave know. you Lando. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Where's my robot that I uh, have sex with? Where's my robot? What? Uh, when I you yeah, saw Solo? Yeah, Come on, yeah, man! Stop front. 
I just didn't I didn't. Show it's on Netflix it. and I still haven't watched don't, it. Don't watch Me it. Neither. Keep the dream alive. Do not watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, look, no, I'm not going to go there. I would say if you're a Star Wars fan, just for completion, you should see it. Just so you know I what you're dealing with. I say don't, personally. Some stories are better. Some things are better left to just imagination. Unless they exceed it, that movie does not exceed it. It, it, it brings more problems than it does enjoyment. And that's my opinion. I will, I will say I think Solo is worse than any of the prequels. I can't believe I'm saying that. Oh, wow. Yeah, not, yeah I kind of see it. But see, I, I, we're going to stop here. But and I, I, I lump Rogue One in the same boat. I can't go with you on that. One. I, I know you can't, but I, I the, fe- the push the female lead thing. But to me, it, it it answers questions I don't need to know, and it's just it's just a money grab. But I understand people like it. But we gonna unfortunately we're gonna have to cut it. We have to do a hard cut right here. Uh, Ouch! Gotta, yeah, we, gotta, <laughs> we gotta, got my legs crossed we now. Gotta, we gotta do a Bobbit. Do a Bobbit. Mm. Wow. Whatever happened to Lorraine mm. Bobbit? She was in a story recently. Uh, the old, uh, oh, really? They did a, a follow-up on her. I didn't watch it, but... I'm surprised. Did they ever make a movie on that? I'm sure they did. Like yeah, they time? did with... Um... No, I'm thinking of Joey Buttafuoco. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to him? Yeah, man, I forgot about that. <laughs> Who is that again? Buttafuoco, 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 Buttafuoco. Wow. Uh, the po- uh, something with a, she, he was messing around with a young girl who tried to kill his wife. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. dating ourselves oh. right there. That, that was before the internet. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get up out of here, Q Storm, where can they find you? You can find me on real, R E E L, QStorm.com for uh, movie reviews. You can also find me on uh, YouTube, Red Shirts, a Star Trek podcast, for all uh, episode, uh, reviews of every episode of Discovery. Uh, you can find us on Facebook under Red Shirts, Instagram under Red Shirts. Uh, yeah, there you have it. All right, Quentin. You can find me on Facebook under Quentin Jones through any of these gentlemen on the panel, as well as Instagram. That's Q D O T J. All right, big sexy and sack. I can excuse me. I can be found at Facebook under Mark Wiggins, Instagram under Mark Wiggins two, and Twitter under W S E Mark. All right, Mr. Ampu. Twitter and Instagram, Ampu. Oh. All right, <laughs> short and simple. That's the, that's the social media master right there. Oh. Uh, you forgot Ampu at ratchethose.com. No, <laughs> just jokes, man. I'm just messing with you. No, actually, actually not ratchethose. I'm more, I'm more oh. into following the South African bit black chicks. Oh, okay. Go on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I can do it says, wow. I had no idea. <laughs> Motherland, man. They say the dark of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Nope. Anyway. No, the thick of the juice. Oh, whoa, excuse me. Oh, hey now. Leslie Jones, holla. No. No. Wow. <laughs> it was going so well, too. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, Q. Do you, Q? Y'all can't handle the real system. Okay, that's awesome. yeah. Okay. You're right. No, yeah, I can't. Good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shout out to Leslie Jones. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at uh, at Podcast Juice. Also, 
Uh, we got a few new people who jumped in on the chat. I will put the link again in the show notes. Come on through, pull up to our Discord chat, and you can see all of the conversations that are not fit for the actual show. And not to say that they're not fit, but they go in. You can see, you know, featuring Q Storm and Aunt Pooh. Uh, their battles are classic, but uh, join us on our Discord chat. Uh, and shout out to, ah, God, I don't have the, the guy's name in front of me right now, but somebody was like, yo, uh, listening to the classic joints, Tony, Tony, Tony episode, I'm a lifelong fan now. That's, that's what's up. Uso, Ewan. There you go. There you go. Uso. Uso. No, I'm sorry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that, work it like a job. We'll see you next Still time. Peace. Different.